I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite Lorecast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast lore behind the Mass Effect games. Welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with my good buddy, N7. N7, we're at episode number 114. We're moving along. How's it going? I may have misnumbered this, by the way. I think we might <laughs> oh, be on we episode at- 115. But, <laughs> but yes, we are moving quite along uh, and faster than light speed. Uh, and we're talking nice. about more Miranda today for like... We're like a month and a half into talking about Miranda. There's a lot of Miranda. There's yeah, so much Miranda. There's there's a lot. So we still have more to talk about. And uh, yeah, so they've written her into a lot of different lore. A lot of the comic books. We've already gone through a lot of the comic books, but we still have more comic books, right? Yeah. Mass Effect Foundations 8, 9, kind of 11, 12 and 13. Those are the ones we're going to be talking about today. OK, so where did we leave off? We had um, Liara talking to Miranda after saving Shepard's body. And Cerberus got uh, to work trying to revive Shepard, right? That's kind of where we are with the whole pre-game comic book thing? Yeah, yeah. So the Foundation comics were split. There was like some Foundation comics with Miranda and then Mass Effect Redemption. Uh, You recapped the gist of Redemption right there and Miranda's involvement. And then now we have more Foundation comics that take place after Redemption. So we've been covering these in the narrative sequence that they happen, not how they were released. Um, But then there's this bit of a cutaway after Redemption. The next story focuses on an attempt from Kai Lang and Agent Rasa, who people might know, might not know, is AKA Maya Brooks. She's Brooks from the Citadel DLC. So Kai Lang and Agent Rasa uh, try to subdue Jack and they Mm -hmm. fail. I'm going to be very quick about how how I tell this because Miranda's not involved. We'll get to it later. But they fail. Uh, They get back to Minutemen Station. They exit their ship and they run into Miranda. Uh, Uh Lang is worried about the elusive man chewing him out for failing. And Miranda exacerbates that fear immediately uh, by telling him, go see the elusive man in person. He's demanding a meeting with you. It's like, oh, shit. Go go talk to the boss. Boss wants to see you. Exactly. You know you fucked up when you already, like, are coming into the Dropped an F-bomb in the first two minutes of the show and then we get demonetized on youtube this is what we were talking we about in the pre-show is how youtube will demonetize you if you have a bad word in the first 30 seconds like across the board they always find it and then if you if you put one later in the video they may not notice so yeah but hey you know what vaccine misinformation super cool by youtube standards awesome i'd love to talk to the execs about that but that's beside the point um right, right. so you know you've messed up at work when you're worried walking into the office and then the boss says hey why don't you come into my office and yeah, you're like yeah or or hey can we schedule time to talk oh what about like the new project mm. i'm working on well we just need to talk that's always that's, that's always bad. that's always a bad sign. <laughs> that sucks. It's I've always I've noticed that like if your boss tells you it's nothing bad, there's a 50-50 shot that it's bad. Yeah, it's <laughs> it might be good chance it's bad. Yeah. 
Right. So, well, the elusive man is a different kind of boss. This is definitely bad, and he's not going to be afraid of. <laughs> it's always it it's bad. always going to be bad. <laughs> this is With definitely Tim. bad. Yeah. Lang is worried that he's going to chew him out for failing, and Miranda exacerbates that fear, like I said. Um, but she tells Rasa, a.k.a. Brooks, to stay and meet her at the labs. So Rasa gets to see these labs where they are rebuilding Shepard's body. Mm-hmm. And Miranda is briefing her on the project, telling her, you know, I, I hope you understand how much trust is being shown by allowing you to see this. Okay, so... Okay, well, yeah. you know... Trust or is this a test? Both. It's probably yeah. a little bit of both, right? I think it was both because that's that's so how the elusive man in Cerberus works. It's like, okay, first of all, they don't trust anyone. Right, right. So we have an image here. I've got the image up. Let's talk about what's on the screen. <laughs> well, first of all, let's talk about this atrocious art. But second of all, oh, man. I'm Look saying that because the proportions are all off. The Look facial the expressions faces. are like, what the hell is that? Um, oh, but no. this is exactly where Miranda is showing Rasa the lab. And, and in the foreground, we see this picture that almost looks Star Wars-esque, where there's a body in this vat of undisclosed or unspecified liquid, and it doesn't have skin. It's all muscles and sinew and, and like and tendons and bones. Um, but it's very clearly like it, it's almost like it's incubating this body. Yeah, and, like a back to tank in, yes. in Star Wars. Yeah. And so um, Miranda is motioning to the tank and Ross is saying, is that Shepard? And then Miranda says, well, actually, it's a clone. So this is clone Shepard. This is clone Shepard. Do you think it's the same clone or did they... Oh, no, this is definitely the same clone. Okay, because there is the potential for multiple. We've talked about the potential for that before. Shepard verse. Yes. Right, right. Like, <laughs> and, and, and the idea that maybe in the next iteration of the game, we won't actually get the same Shepard back. We'll get a clone Shepard. We, we have, we've had conversations around that. But the implication here is that this is the Shepard clone from the game. Yes, from the DLC. And the reason that we know that is because of how this arc ends, but uh, we'll get there. And so this is definitely the same clone from the arc. And Rasa is Brooks, as a reminder. So Rasa asks, how did you restore the body so quickly? And then Miranda says, well, actually, it's a clone. Mm-hmm. And Rasa's saying, well, wait a second, you're making a clone of Shepard? And Miranda's kind of ignoring it, saying, and this is everything that we know about Shepard, a huge wall of all of these different screens and it's different biometric data, it looks like probably some historical data on Shepard. And then it says everything we've used to rebuild the commander. I want that computer screen right there. It's like an entire two story building of screens. I was going to say that's like a 240 inch by by like 800 some inch wall. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. I need this. I want to burn it into my retinas. Uh, and so, okay, so we were talking about, I hope you understand how much trust is being shown uh, by allowing you to see this, Miranda telling Rasa that. But we also learned it's a two way street. Uh, Rasa had been gathering intelligence on Shepard, which aided Project Lazarus's attempt at reviving Shepard. Rasa later complains of Lang, and Miranda says about Kai Lang, muscle might, might be necessary, but information is far more powerful. So it appears even then that Miranda didn't really like Kai Lang uh, and might have looked down upon him. Right. It's kind of a slight kind of coming at you, cut you, at you from the side kind of comment, kind of back. Yeah, she, yeah. I mean, she later calls him a psycho. 
Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Well. So, uh, yeah. So I don't think that Miranda ever had much love for Kai Lang. I don't know if really many people did. I would say the elusive man, but he just used Kai Lang to as an ends. So I don't think really anyone liked Kai Lang. Um, <laughs> by the way, this Kai Lang in the comics, this is before he gets that god awful visor. So you actually get to see his face. <laughs> um, but it turns out Miranda also showed <clears throat> Rasa this clone project, something Shepard would not find out about until much, much later. Which brings to mind, why didn't Miranda warn the commander earlier in Mass Effect 3 about the clone? You would think that it would come up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like kind of a big deal. Right. Or even at the end of Mass Effect 2, right? Um, obviously, the, the real reason here breaking the fourth wall is because the clone wasn't introduced as a story element until the DLC. So yeah, yeah. they didn't, you know, they didn't mm-hmm. write it in. But mm-hmm. it's fun to imagine her keeping the secret on purpose, because I think that also fits with her character anyway. Yeah, I, you can you could retrofit it for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if she is that loyal to Cerberus, she's not going to be telling Shepard at any point during Mass Effect 2 until she makes that break uh, with the elusive man. And so, <clears throat> according to Miranda, they've made significant progress at this point to bring the commander back, but they have gaps. Miranda says she needs to know who Shepard was to make sure that the one they bring back is truly him or her. She needs to know, quote, absolutely everything about Shepard's service, including sealed Spectre records. Okay, so this is where Agent Rasa comes in? That's right, yes. So this is exactly where Rasa's work with Cerberus comes in. And so they plan this raid on the Spectre office. We have a panel here that we can bring up um, from the comic. And Miranda is giving Rasa this disc, which is purported to contain huge secrets on Cerberus, very classified stuff. And to exchange it, that disc with the secrets, to exchange that with a secret, or a, I'm sorry, a seeker, a specter uh, for access to the archives. But let's talk about the way that she's talking to Rasa in this panel. She says, I brought you here to impress on you the importance of what we're doing. Keep in mind, she's talking about the labs. She just showed her clone Shepard. Now she's in an office and she's saying, I brought you here to impress on you the importance of what we're doing. This will be a difficult mission, but it's critical that you succeed. Okay. So I was I was kind of impressed because <clears throat> Miranda does don the I'm in control attitude well here, uh, talking down to Rasa, but also in a manipulative way um, to inspire loyalty. Uh, Miranda later tells her, you've impressed us so far, Rasa. Make sure it stays that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a, va- that's a veiled threat, a very thinly veiled one at that. Right, right. You know, you better not mess up because uh, we don't fire people. <laughs> right. So, okay, but Cerberus is, like, just giving out their secrets here? Like... Mm, so you're right to be skeptical because no, they're not. Uh, it, there is a catch. It's why I said purported to contain. Mm-hmm. The information mm-hmm. in there is sensationalist in nature. It's meant to grab someone's attention, uh, but it's a outdated and b it's really only meant to distract that specter while you're while Rasa is inside the office, the specter office, getting Shepard's sealed records. Oh, uh, so it's like it's like a a bait kind of. Yeah, it's like a Trojan horse. Trojan horse kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so fast forward, and since we're talking about Miranda, 
Uh, and we're going to focus everything that we can in this episode about Miranda. If you're curious about Rasa, we'll cover her later. But fast forward, Rasa has been poisoned. And although she has the data on Shepard still intact on another disc, uh, Rasa is recovered by Cerberus somehow. It's not really disclosed how. And Miranda is the one to greet her on a stretcher in Minuteman Station. That's the, the same station where the elusive man's office is. Uh, she asks if Rasa is all right, sends her to the med lab and orders a full toxicity screening. And then she reaches into her to Rasa's pocket and slips the disc out while Rasa nice. is like fighting for her life. Right, right. A quick little like, hey, hope you're doing all right there. And this is yeah. mine now. Ooh, let me just sneak right. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, how you doing, buddy? You feeling all right? Yeah, cool. And cool. OK, good, good. See you later. Bye. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, so you'll have uh, those reports on my desk by tomorrow morning, right? <laughs> um, I think I think Miranda would be that kind of manager. Uh, so she can be cold, but it is nice to see that she did care about one of her agents getting hurt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that caring demeanor is like diminished by the, the quick change of pace by the let right. me just sneak right past you. Right, right. Grab it's, that disc. It's, right it's kind of a front. Yeah. Yeah. So, OK, so what does she do with the data? I mean, obviously, she is, well, not obviously. She's taking it to the elusive man? Yes. Uh, okay. The data has <laughs> been corrupted. So the specter that she was, that Rasa was trying to fool, caught on. And the data was corrupted by a virus that the specter put on it, uh, which is pretty clever. Uh, so they were hoping to infiltrate Cerberus's system that way. Uh. But Miranda gets the data she needs out of it, almost everything she needs, before mm -hmm. the specter's virus activates. It's clear that this virus isn't like really a big threat because Miranda tells the elusive man, I even found some credits to boost the Lazarus funding while I was at it. Nice. <laughs> OK, so we have uh, another how? another scene here from the comic and every one of these is slightly different size. So I have to resize it and move it around. But um, this is the next one we'll be discussing, right? So what's going on here? That's right. So this is the next one. Now we have Miranda talking with the elusive man and uh, he's asking her, you know, are you done yet uh, trying to get that virus? And she says, almost I was able to extract the remainder when they attempted to activate their virus. And he's, you know, Kurt, as always, he says, good. Uh, she says, I've even found that extra money. And then the elusive man says, if they weren't suspicious about our interest in Shepard before, they will be now. Lazarus needs to be a success, Agent Lawson. Mm -hmm. So there okay. is sig significant pressure from the elusive man on Miranda at this point, saying this needs to be successful. And interestingly to me, it's the same exact tone that we just heard Miranda say to Rasa by saying, uh, you've impressed us so far. Mm -hmm. I hope that, you, you know, don't let that change. Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's like that permeates the entire organization, like from the top down. Yeah. And that makes sense, since this is basically a cult of personality anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's such a toxic atmosphere. <laughs> like, I think I'd hate working there. Maybe the, the high paychecks they get, like they talk about, would make it a little bit more palatable. But man, that that sounds awful. Yeah, um, no, no, not for me either. Yeah, the elusive man also misleads Miranda into thinking the clone project is now out of the picture. So the elusive man tells her like, yeah, yeah whatever, don't worry about the clone. Basically, use it for medical testing if you need, but uh, whatever. Sounds unbelievable to me because the, it, a lot of money went into that clone project and the elusive man, if not anything else, is extremely pragmatic, right? Yeah. 
And yeah. to just hear him throw away a project like that, he doesn't do that kind of thing. Right. right. He always repurposes things yeah. and yes. <laughs> tries to control them. Yeah, I could totally see that that's just him waving waving her off of it like eh, don't worry about this anymore you don't need to know what else we're going to do with this clone like, yeah yeah we've exactly. got other plans we've already invested and we've got you know second and third options to use it for other things but you don't need to worry about that but of course he's not going to tell her that he's not going to tell her that and i think miranda's smart enough to know that she knows who what kind of person he is that he wouldn't let it go so maybe she doesn't say anything but i think my headcanon here is that Miranda knows that something else is going on and she can't really place it. Yeah, just that, um, that gut instinct of like, okay, all right. Yeah, someone is bullshitting me to my yeah. face right now. But she doesn't have the leverage or the authority to call him out or to seek more information about it. It's not her place. Yeah, I mean, Genesis says here in chat, maybe that's why Miranda didn't tell Shepard she thought the clone was killed off by the elusive man. Maybe. Maybe or maybe she didn't know enough of anything to even feel like it was worth bringing up because why burden him with another thing when the universe is going to hell and there may not even be anything there. Right. It's not like Miranda has this sterling background of transparency either. So sure. I'm not entirely surprised, even if we were negating that earlier explanation, like I talked about how it wasn't written as a story element until later. But Miranda also brings up rasa to the elusive man clearly worried someone tried to kill her and spoiler alert the elusive man doesn't really seem to care that much <laughs> that someone tried to kill agent rasa by poisoning mm. her mm. miranda says the specter made sure to blow rasa's cover so quote she'll never work in the field again and the elusive man counters by saying we anticipated as much but i have a purpose for her and then Rasa is tasked with assembling the dossiers that you get at the beginning of Mass Effect 2 to recruit Shepard's team. So that's all Rasa's work. Got it. Got it. I, I thought it was interesting that even when talking with his supposed most trusted agents, the elusive man is incredibly vague and still very manipulative. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly the kind of person who doesn't fully trust anybody. He doesn't want to give anybody the, all the information that he has. He keeps people siloed and they only get the information they need in order to do the thing they're supposed to do. He treats them like tools. They're, he they're wouldn't believe his own needs. mother if she said, I love you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, well, of course, because your mom, my mom, and you're supposed to say that. Like, he's probably that kind of person, right? Yeah. 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 So, so that's, uh, that's the basis of mass effect foundations number eight and nine and so we have more comics to go through but first we got to take a mid break yeah let's go thank our patrons and we'll be right back with some more all right so everybody knows how vpn services and expressvpn can protect your privacy and security online right but did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using expressvpn like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries so if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. 
In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect to learn more. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this Lorecast is mine. I like the sound of that. There's something wrong with our audio. It's it just it's like it sounds like I'm saying something in there. It's weird. Uh, but welcome, <laughs> welcome to our new patrons. We've got some new patrons this week. Let's shout out uh, Sergey P, MJR, John B, and Sandy S. Our new patrons. And apologies for missing last week's episode. Some things came up in my schedule, and then some other things happened, and we weren't able to get out an episode last week. So thank you for your patience, and welcome to our new patrons over the last two weeks. And we have to shout out our. Shepherd tier patrons, Kokushins, Edboy, Kira, C, Lieutenant, Tosino, uh, That Spectre J, and William. Thank you for your support as well. If you are interested in helping to support the show and making sure that we can keep doing this, or if you just want to be, say thanks for helping you get through your workday or your commute or something like that, head over to patreon.com slash Mass Effect Lorecast and check out all the different tiers. Lots of awesome stuff for you to get. And you can also join us on our patron chats and this month's patron chat is coming up next week. So we are currently recording this on the 19th because we record on Fridays and Friday, the 26th, 26th, I was going to say 22nd, Friday, the 26th is our next patron chat at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. So. If you're currently a patron or if you would like to sign up or upgrade to that, you've got the rest of this week to do so. And then you can come join us. We will be discussing this week what we will be talking about. It hasn't come up yet. We haven't really done that. Usually it, it kind of comes about in the, the few days before the, the chat. So if you want to chime in about that, there's plenty of time to do so as well. Also, we have some new reviews. And if you are kind enough to review us on Apple Podcasts, we'll read out your five star reviews on a future episode. This one comes from Jakey Riley 97 from the US who writes my new obsession. I can't commute without this podcast. It makes my driving to and from work much more tolerable. I've never been to into podcasts before, but this is my first one and I can't get enough. I've been a Mass Effect nerd ever since I ordered my first used copy of Mass Effect 1 off Amazon 10 years ago. You guys give the channel such a nice touch to the lore with all the humor and real world similarities and comparisons. This podcast is such a great start to my day and alternatively an effective way for me to wind down after work. Thanks for being you. Please keep the episodes coming. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Jakey. We've got two more. This one's from Trahan Will in the United States who writes favorite podcast on the Citadel. I am a recent newcomer to the Mass Effect games thanks to the release of Legendary Edition. This world immediately hooked me and it has such a rich backstory. You guys do a great job of curating that backstory and making it easily digestible. I have recently found your podcast on YouTube and now I'm trying my best to get caught up. I am halfway through your catalog and I'm very pleased with the detail in which you guys explain things. Not a whole lot of people around where I live here enjoy playing Mass Effect, but I can talk uh, that I can talk to you. So I have been enjoying hanging out with y'all listening. So that's that's awesome. And there is a community on our discord. So if you want check that out. Uh, Then we've got this one from MJ Marr in the US who writes A1 
Five stars. This lore cast is top tier. Tom and Sam have great chemistry, and they clearly have a lot of love for the franchise. It's so fun learning more about the Mass Effect universe, and I love the patron episodes to hear the opinions of others. I'm so happy I found this podcast. I might it might have even saved my life. MJ, thank you so much, and um, thanks for being a part of the community. All right, that's going to do it for the mid break. Let's move on with the rest of the show. Spit it out, or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. So back to it. The elusive man through Miranda gives Rasa the order to put together the team for Mass Effect 2. That's the origin story for that? Yeah, so that's right. So these comics, they patch a lot of gaps in the lore. Uh, And that's the nice part about them. They were released after the fact. But that is canonically how Shepard gets these dossiers. And you know what? Rasa takes real issue with Thane's dossier because he's the one who poisoned her. Oh, what? Yeah. Initially, it was with the intent to kill her. Oh, that's great. Uh, I mean, that's terrible, but that's great. That's like, yeah, they they used these comics to to connect so many dots and they did it masterfully. The writing. I do make fun of the art a little bit because at times the panels are ridiculous. Right. And Um, and I I pointed this out in a previous one that like the universe is so huge. And yet these people just all show up in the same story somehow multiple times. And it's like, yeah, but that's fun. That's how stories work. Yeah. Yeah. However, I will say for anyone that's uh, curious about why Thane is involved in all this and and why he poisoned her, definitely go read it. It's a great read. Um, But so she remembers enough of it, just enough to recognize Thane. And Rasa even suggests that because Thane was on the list of persons of interest that she was given before the mission where she was poisoned, that maybe Cerberus isn't telling her everything. What? What? Lack of transparency from the clandestine organization? What? That's, That's... I find that hard to believe. You you mean a duck quacks? What? <laughs> that sounds like propaganda to me. <laughs> this but extremely Mar- long list of things that seem like criminal stuff is all not actually criminal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but Miranda quickly rebuts it, saying. And yes, that was a butt pun, but <laughs> guilting Rasa, who is still bedridden. So she's still on, like, you know, the mend and still very much recovering from the poison. But Miranda says, I need you to think about what you're suggesting. And remember, we spent the last few weeks in considerable expense bringing you back to health. You're ours. We paid for you. Right? Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And so Miranda hands out more dossiers to Rasa asking her to prioritize focusing on these people. So, like I said earlier, I expect these reports on my desk by Monday. Right. That's exactly what this conversation right. is. So sorry you're but, sick. Get better. You got work to do. Yeah. The top one is Morden. And then while walking out, Miranda says verbatim, I expect a full report on each candidate by the time you're cleared for duty. And then Rasa says under her breath, bitch. So, so this is like this animosity is growing between them? Definitely, definitely. Um, and if if this were like a normal workplace environment, you just know that it would explode into like a fiery ball of screaming matches at one day. And, and maybe you'd want to be around eating popcorn, watching it all burn down. <laughs> right, I depending don't know. on how close you are to these people, if you really care about their feelings. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. So if you don't care at all. And, and maybe that's how the background like Cerberus scientists feel. <laughs> they're just mm-hmm. watching this. And they're like, oh, but I don't know. Um, it appears 
that regardless, they don't like each other. It's getting worse. Uh, and sometime later, when Rasa decides that she's leaving the med bay, she confronts Miranda, asking her if she ordered her to be under medical surveillance indefinitely. Hmm. Okay. And she did. Miranda did order that mm -hmm. um, because it's she says it's because no one was quite sure what the poison was or what it could do or whether it's even completely gone, saying, quote, it's for your own protection. But you know what? I don't buy that. I think Miranda had some hunch that she couldn't trust Rasa or alternatively, maybe she was trying to prevent her from going back into the field where she already said she knew her cover was blown or similar to what we justified before maybe all three of those things were options and possibilities and so were enough to use and be careful about it, it like right. those three things overlap and so why not use this one method to justify any any of those things yeah yeah exactly so i think miranda probably weighed the risks and and benefits and was like you know what regardless uh i'm not gonna sit her back on the field and so the answer is probably closer to the former, though, that she didn't trust Rasa because Miranda later reveals that she knows Rasa was trying to secretly access Project Lazarus files repeatedly. Oh, OK. So do we know why? It's hinted at a few panels later after Rasa reviews Zaid's dossier, which is largely told through flashbacks of Zaid's life. Um, but Miranda checks surveillance cameras to see Rasa, among other things, putting her hand up to the Shepard clone tank and expressing this unhealthy amount of interest in what the elusive man has in store for the clone. Miranda okay. then calls the elusive man immediately after seeing that on the camera footage and says, uh, Tim, we have a problem. Rasa can't be trusted. I'm detecting emotion here. Emotion. <laughs> alert. Emotion. <laughs> we, um... Her mother was a hamster and her father smelled of elderberries. We have a real problem here, Tim. Uh, <laughs> they call me Tim. <laughs> I would I would love a mashup of those two characters. But oh, wow. Tim replies and I'm just I'm saying Tim because I abbreviate the elusive man as T.I.M. Right, um, right. But Tim says, could she ever be trusted? You're just upset she can't be controlled. And then, I mean, he's right. Yeah, but I mean, that, that gives you absolute insight into his thinking. It's not about can you trust anyone, because of course you can't. It's safer to assume you can't. The only question you need to ask is can you control them? Yeah. If that's I, if that's I could everything. Sit down that, with, is, that is the core of his being. I know. If I could sit down with him, I, I would be like, dude. Who hurt you? <laughs> Who hurt you and why? Yeah. <laughs> to what extent? You should talk about this. See a therapist, man. But uh, he really could have benefited from counseling. Uh, but he goes on to say, how much does Rasa know? And Miranda says, enough to be dangerous. And then, very cold, very calculating. The elusive man says, then it's time we stopped pretending. We've invested a great deal in Rasa's development, but if that investment becomes a liability, it's time we cut our losses and let it go. Yeah, very practical in this sense. And you can't reuse her like a clone for some other ends, right? I guess so. You know, I think it like you were just saying, this whole conversation gives us not so much a window into Miranda's personality so much as it does the elusive man's. Right. That he views these people 
even his own staff that he presumably had a hand in hiring uh, as investments. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and, they're all tools. They're all tools in the machine. He's he's designing a machine. And is the machine going to work the way it's supposed to? And if not, you you replace it, you get rid of it. Yes. It. Also confirming our previous suspicions that he is most likely an insane micromanager. Right. You don't trust a machine to keep working. You control the machine and make sure it keeps working. Right. Like, that's what he's doing. He's just doing it with people. Yes. And we call that a sociopath. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> he yes. is definitely a sociopath. But but about Miranda's personality in this whole conversation, she doesn't reply. Mm hmm. So we don't know if she agrees necessarily, but that point might be irrelevant because she's still doing it like she's loyal to a fault at this point. Right. And right. she believes in the cause of Cerberus. So she might be willing to overlook the fact that the big boss really doesn't give a damn about yeah. the welfare of any of his employees. Right. But no, this is a very real thing. Many of us work for employers who do this, not on the scale. But ultimately, if you were to actually ask yourself, does my employer really care about me or are do are they narcissists? Do they exhibit some very detrimental psychological things? And there's probably a one in three chance that, yes, they do. If especially if you work for like a major large organization, you're talking about the people at the very top. Um, so uh, like it, if you look at the situation, you go, well, Miranda knew better. Why didn't she get out from underneath this? And then look at the things that we go through in our own lives. Many of us don't or can't. Well, maybe Miranda was blinded by the, well, yeah, he's going to treat Rasa like that, but I'm special. Right. I'm or, different. or we justify it. We justify, well, for the time being, this is fine because it's going to get me where I want to go. Yeah. It's okay for now. Yeah. Or that. Um, you know, it takes us that. So that conversation takes us to the final Mass Effect comic that Miranda's featured in. It's the climactic boiling point between her and Rasa. It cuts to Rasa in the Lazarus station in the lab where the scientists are keeping the Shepard clone. And it's revealed through some background dialogue between the scientists that Cerberus is actually just planning to dump the body. And like I said, that seems impractical for the elusive man, but at least that's what the scientists are told on the ground. So Rasa decides to pose as an agent requesting this authorization for the clone's, quote, termination, which is just a cover to take the body. You know, she's not actually on orders but when she does when she's identified by someone in the background as being rasa her mech like that she has with her her assistance mech just starts blasting so i so i blasted him so anyway, he started i blasting. started blasting <laughs> right. right um and so he just starts firing everywhere the mech does and that triggers miranda to jump in the fold when she is paged about it yeah, paging Agent Lawson, there's fire, <laughs> gunfire going on in the uh, clone room. So Miranda's in a control room, desperately trying to get a feed up of what's going on in the lab. Uh, but it turns out that Rasa, and I, I wish I was not going to use this cliche, but it is literally written into the lore, that Rasa, according to the technician operating the control, uh, the video feed, quote, Rasa hacked into the mainframe. And she replaced all of the video feeds with Blasto ads. That kind of redeems it a little bit, right? <laughs> it was at this point, the comic gets hilarious mm -hmm. and it's just all 
all Blasto. Like every screen on that huge wall is Blasto. That's great. And it's like Requiem for a Reaper, Requiem for a Reaper. That's great. That's great. <laughs> and it gets ridiculous because everyone's like terrified of the of the Blasto ads. Um, but Miranda tracks Arasa down somehow. It doesn't. So there's a lot. Of, there's a lot that's skipped in this comic. But Miranda tracks her down with a security team that includes Mex. And Miranda quickly learns that every mech on the station has been reprogrammed to help Rasa. So Rasa is a little bit more brilliant than Miranda anticipated. Mm. Remember, we talked a few episodes ago about how Miranda is brilliant, but that might get in the way of her uh, accurately assessing other people's capabilities. Right. She assumes other people are dumber than they actually are and doesn't give them right. credit. Yeah. 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 So she's not perfect. But this chase continues. And at one point they're firing at each other from uh, outside in space, like walking on the outside of the station. And it leads to this verbal back and forth meant to get in the other's head. And we have a panel here that we're going to bring up. Miranda basically counters uh, Rasa saying that she has no idea what it was like for her growing up and that the elusive man saved her. She says, quote, I owe him everything. So we get another look into into Miranda's psyche here, why she might put up with so much of this stuff in Cerberus, why she might go along with so many of these different orders, because she feels like she's in debt. And that's a very strong tool that that narcissists and sociopaths weaponize in our own lives yeah. uh, to to get people. If you can make someone feel like they are indebted to you, they will do a lot of things for you yeah. and they'll stick around. And so a lot of uh, toxic relationships, one of the parties often weaponizes that saying, you know, I did this for you. I did this for you. You owe me. Right, right, right. How because dare you? People, how dare for everything I've done? How dare you turn your back on me? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It doesn't address the actual moral uh, quality of, of the complaint that you're making. Right. Right. It's just redirecting it. So. She then accuses Rasa of being an ungrateful little brat and not appreciating all the, quote, direction that Cerberus offered her. But Rasa says, there were strings attached to everything you offered. Mm. She's right. Yeah. Yeah. She's absolutely right. And Miranda tries to kill her, but she escapes in a shuttle with the clone's body. And that makes for one awkward call to the boss later. Yeah. yeah. So, but we have that scene, right? Like this is the we next do image. Have that scene. So I have uh, some panels here where Miranda calls uh, the elusive man and says her shuttle was last tracked heading toward the Arctura system. She's already briefed him saying that she got away. And Miranda says, I'm assembling a retrieval team now to go after her. The elusive man interrupts saying, cancel that order, Miss Lawson. Our concerns are bigger and more pressing now. The Reapers are coming. We can't afford to let anything distract us from our efforts to revive Commander Shepard. We've got a bigger picture to deal with, Miss Lawson. And that's that from the elusive man. Yeah. No one questions the elusive man after he has his say. And he doesn't seem all that concerned, but Miranda's clearly distraught, even apologizing to him in the very first thing that she says to him on that call. That's something that we don't really hear very often from Miranda. We, it's so rare that we see her fail. Something that given the constantly high expectations placed on her and the debt she feels to Cerberus, yeah. that has to really hit her hard. Well, the fact that she even owns up to it, she just flat out says, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I mean, it shows people with toxic personalities have a hard time doing that unless they're doing it in a manipulative way and they don't actually mean it. Uh, yes. This comes across a little bit more authentic, I think. Like yes. there is part of her underneath all of this 
hard exterior, you know? So, yes. but that wraps up our story, right? Or at least this part of the story. This wraps up all of the pre-game backgrounds of Miranda that we have. And so next episode that we talk about Miranda, we're going to be talking about Miranda in the games. And then we we also interviewed a modder who is a huge fan of Miranda. We'll be putting that episode out at some point. Yeah, in the next few weeks that'll come out. But uh, we wanted to close with something that you found or came up with. Yeah, well, well, I didn't come up with it. I had ch I had ChatGPT come up with this. Right, right. So I told ChatGPT while we're doing this episode, I said, write a saucy limerick about Miranda from Mass Effect. And so here's what ChatGPT gave me. There was once a beauty named Miranda whose, cur whose, whose curves caused quite the mass hysteria. With a sway of her hips, she'd launch all our ships. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. With a sway of her hips, she'd launch all our ships. In Mass Effect, she was a celestial flora. Oh, wait, wait, what? A flower? What? Yeah, I a know. Space I flower? Uh, is is oh. ChatGPT making sexual innuendos right now? I think it is. I, well, it's. I, I mean, it is. A, if if it happens in human language, it's capable of doing it too. Yeah. So so yeah. I'll repeat that in full one more time. There was once a beauty named Miranda whose curves caused quite mass hysteria. With a sway of her hips, she'd launch all our ships. In Mass Effect, she was a celestial flora. <laughs> a mouthful all right well we got to so wrap this she. up yeah so but, but i hope you've enjoyed our look into miranda there is some more stuff coming still about her uh but we got to wrap this up sam i know you've got your stream going and you've got this like crazy mod thing happening yes. with like randomization and everybody's mouth look like this and they all yeah, their eyes are bugging out randomizer it's crazy uh if if anyone's curious about that they can find me on twitch and twitter at in seven the legend awesome yeah and these live shows are at my channel uh twitch.tv slash robots radio so come join us for those and we will be back next week with our patrons. So it's going to be awesome. We look forward to talking with all of you and seeing all of chat and everybody else here next week. And thank you for tuning in. We'll be back soon. See you all later. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com.